Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 20 of Thirst for Knowledge Podcast. I'm James Evers. And I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we're talking about the history of beer, part three. Rome has just fallen. We are now crossing over into the Middle Ages, where we will be covering 500 to 1492 AD. That is correct, Mr. Mayhew, and we will be covering such fun topics as German homebrewers, the first large-scale breweries being built. We've also got um, a controversy about the world's oldest brewery and the first use of hops in beer. So join us as we go down the rabbit hole and study Abbey Ales, Belgian Brews, and Peasant Pilsners on the history of beer. Part 3. Guys, I was drinking a beer like two minutes ago, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm still drinking that same beer. And in fact, it is from one of the oldest breweries in the world. What? How yes. old? When? What times are we talking about now? What times are we talking about? Yeah. It's crazy. This is the history of beer, man. This is <gasps> part three. Part what? three? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when we last left off, we left off in the Middle Ages, right? So we're gonna we're gonna pick up in the Middle Ages, in the Middle Ages, and then we're gonna take you all the way to when Columbus sailed the ocean blue in motherfucking fourteen ninety two. So this is post Panera on the battlefield. Oh yeah, this okay. is definitely post Panera on the Ancient battlefield. Ancient Rome is over. The fall of right, the Rome. fall of Rome brings rise to the Middle Ages, to the Dark Ages, yep. and everything. Yep. So. Um, the beer that we're drinking that I was talking about is uh, Vihan Stefaner, and we happen to be sipping on their original premium, it's which good. is a Hellas Lager. It's yeah. a Hellas Lager, that's for sure. Yeah, very easy drinking, you know, pretty pretty well made, I would say. I would agree. It's crisp. Mm. It's smooth. Yeah. It's delicious. Super clear, you know. It's a mouthful. What's that name again? Vihan Stefaner. Vihan Stefaner. Yeah. Hmm. Don't um, use that as your safe word. My own Stefano. Yeah, so we'll actually talk about them a little bit later in the episode because we've got some fun facts because they actually started during this time period that we're talking about. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Where do we begin? Well, we'll start around 590 AD. Mm, that, a good year. That sound good to you let's guys? Go back good year. in time, yeah, ladies so. and gentlemen. Fire uh, up the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, we got all of our plutonium. Turn. No, we're using Mr. Fusion. Oh, we got Mr. Fusion. That's we got right. Mr. Yeah, Fusion. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we got... Uh, all right, yeah, so awesome. get some banana peels, tab can. Some Miller hi- High Life or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all Let's right. go. All right, sweet. So 590 AD, um, there was this Irish missionary named Galus who founded a hermitage in Switzerland. What's right. a hermitage? A hermitage is like, it's like just a small group of people. Rel- and yeah, yeah. Just kind of living off the grid. Yeah. Um, I, I think th- some, there was uh, another thing called a cloister. A cloister? Yeah. It's it's like part, It's it, I, I looked it up, but it's like a covered part of like a monastery. All right. So it's, it's it involved like a religious, a, a small like religious community. Cool. So Galus founded that in 590. Um, and then we'll talk about what he 
what that hermitage becomes as time goes on. Sure. Um, also around this time is what's happening is German brewers are continuing the traditions of beer making in their homes. Right. So you've got the, because of the dark ages and everything that's happening right now and things are split, there's really not that many large scale things happening. And out of this time period, we're going to come into, you know, the first breweries that are getting, getting built essentially. Yeah. I know during this time, this is when like, um, you know, the women in the family would be making beer. They're responsible for making the beer. They would just use any ingredients they could find. Uh, usually it wasn't like the greatest beer. Mm. Usually it would spoil a lot. It would get people sick. But they were responsible for making the beer for their household, mm. for their man, for the man of the family or whatever. And he would drink that beer at that time. I know that at anyway. Yeah. At this point, there really wasn't any places where you could go to right. drink beer. It was so just everybody was homebrewers. Pretty much, pretty man. Much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And this whole thing, drinking beer started, you know, we talked about in the last episode, but pretty much it was a safe drink to drink because they boiled it, right? They're boiling beer by now. We can safely say that. Um, I I don't know. Ex- that That's starting pretty much. Um, I know uh, in the in the next section here, we'll, we'll get into them definitely boiling beer. Yeah. But I don't know if that was, I I didn't find any information on whether or not that was actually started in people's homes, if they were boiling in their homes. Okay. Um, But uh, moving on, and we're at at this beginning part, we're going to kind of skip through bigger periods of time because it was the dark ages and and there wasn't really that much going on as far as, um, you know, some of the documentation and things that were happening revolving this stuff, but that'll ramp up pretty quickly. So um, in the 700s AD, that hermitage that was founded by Galus um, achieved monastery status and was known as the St. Galen Monastery. He was a saint? I mean, I guess they made made him a saint after it. I don't know, but it's St. Galen. Because his blessed liquids were so awesome. Yeah, so also around this time is when you're having the first hops being cultivated in the Hellertau region of Germany. Hops. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I know, um, obviously, there's hops now that you can still get from that region, and there's um, some some of the noble hops are named after that specific region. Ah, so that's the first place to get hops, where hops came from. Well, I know know hops weren't... They weren't being used. It wasn't like as widespread. Yeah, and they weren't it, being used in beer at that point yet, or at least there wasn't like any evidence of hops being used sure, in beer yet. But yeah. that, that's when they were being cultivated, and I don't know exactly what they were an herb. Maybe, maybe that they were used in some other things, but I couldn't find why, like what they were being used for specifically before they were used for before beer. they were used for yeah. beer yeah but i would imagine that there was some other culinary a spice or sure. something yeah. i mean what's a hop used for in beer really it's used for bittering flavoring preservatives preservatives like right? those are all you know all different parts of it anyway i knew like preservatives i don't know if that was their main factor knowing that it kept a safe like a stable shelf life of the beer or if it was more like the flavor. <clears throat> I think initially it was about flavor, and yeah. then it was discovered that, oh, wow, these things also have preservative properties, mm. um, which it helped you know the, wi- the more widespread use of them because they are bitter, right? Why would you yeah. put this bitter thing in your, right. in your food? Um, most people aren't really perceptive to 
you know, strong, bitter taste, right? Maybe like back then, like any taste was good. <laughs> yeah. They're like, a- fuck, I'm eating dirt all week. <laughs> Damn, this thing makes my tongue feel weird. I'm going to drink this. I know, right? Yeah, they're just used to eating things that taste like cornflakes all the time. Yeah. I mean, if they were lucky enough to get like a meat, I bet meat's pretty delicious no matter what it is if you put it over a fire. Oh, yeah, definitely. To get some salt in that bitch. Mm. Yeah. So um, as we're, we're getting into the 800s here, this is where uh, beer brewing really starts to ramp up in Germany. And at this point, there was over 500, at its peak, there was over 500 monastery breweries. In the world or just in Germany? In, yeah, in that, like, in that, that Bavaria area. region. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Damn. Um, and this is the time where uh, Frankish Holy Roman Emperor the First, Charlemagne, Charlemagne, also known as Charles the Great, <clears throat> who is responsible for uniting the majority of Western and Central Europe in the Middle Ages. Um, <laughs> dogs getting riled up. I know. Those, those studio dogs, man. Yeah. <laughs> So they're just excited about Charlemagne and how he united uh, Western and Central Europe at that time. So um, he was actually one of the first guys that was detailing regulations for these breweries. And uh, I've got a couple of fun quotes from Charlemagne. Let's hear them. Yeah, so um, here we go. Uh, We wish that the intendant on duty bring before our person samples of beer. We also wish that they bring along their brewmaster so that they can brew for us good beer in our presence. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yep. I mean, well, these are the first beer laws, right? They're not like that extensive. Yeah, he, yeah, he. Drink my beer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and this one's kind of weird. We also wish that our attendants compose an annual inventory ledger at Christmas time. (laughs) We also want a list of beers they brew so that we know which quantities of the different products are available. Ah. Okay, you know, yeah, you that's keep an inventory, sure, yeah. Exactly. You want to you know, know what you can drink and all that stuff. You know, what's popular, what's what's not so popular. And it was these regulations that started to form the basis for the first commercial breweries that um, started to pop up in Central Europe and in Germany. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. So um, at, at this time where Charlemagne's like making the first beer laws and all that stuff is where... Um, uh, they actually establish a brewery in St. Galen. So St. Galen is, you know, found by our buddy uh, Galus back in the day. You yeah. Know? At this point, he's he's moved on. But uh, um, all these other people uh, at St. Galen. <clears throat> How did he die? Did he drown in beer? Probably. I mean. Cirrhosis? He, yeah. he fell in one of the beer kettles. Right. Tried to drink himself out, but right? he failed. <laughs> <laughs> So um, at this point, St. Galen, we talked about how it was a monastery, and now it's um, risen to the status of Imperial Abbey. And now it's like a huge facility that includes church, library, school, hospital, dining halls, Damn, housing so for workers and tradesmen. Like there's all it's sorts like a town. of... It's basically a town. Um, and within this town, there's three breweries, which is wow. pretty sweet. And... Um, Basically, St. Galen would go on to become one of the most sophisticated breweries of its time. <clears throat> and in those three breweries, each brewery made a different type of beer. So there was um, the first type, which was the best type. That was called Celia, and it was made from barley and or wheat and reserved for the abbot and his inner circle and special visitors. 
So, so that was like his main supply. That's okay. the top shelf. Top yeah, sh- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's making the, sh- the awesome beer for him. Of course, yeah. And then you'll see that this continues down the, the class structure, uh, right? So the next beer, Cerveza, um, that had a milky sour taste. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Made from oats and flavored with herbs and honey. So it's still like they're okay. trying to, you know, give it a little flavor and everything. <laughs> um, and that was for like the monks and pilgrims, uh, as their everyday beer that they pretty much consumed like water because so monks was this the same time when monks could drink like a whole bunch of beer yeah yeah these guys were drinking this stuff all day man so they were they were rationed like four liters a day that's what i read four liters a day that's that's a lot of beer that's like eight beers a day you (laughs) could just drink it's probably more than a lot of people drink regular water nowadays oh yeah oh definitely i definitely don't drink eight waters a day no no i drink like three seltzers a day if i'm lucky that's it for water and that's only during dinner time i don't really drink water during the day yeah i know somebody else that uh, has that habit too yeah (laughs) she might be sitting on the couch right now yep that's it that's all i do Look at me, though. I'm fine. No, I'm yeah, sweating dude, right now. You're, you're All doing... that, that seltzer. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So the, the, the last type of beer that was made was um, called Conventus, and that was made from the final runnings of the stronger beer, which I imagine would be the, the Celia or the Cervisa. Okay. And then um, they mixed that with uh, fresh extract from malted oats, and that was brewed for the lay workers and the beggars. So that was definitely the weakest beer. So that was the least amount of alcohol. Least amount of alcohol. That was basically leftovers. Least amount of flavor. Yeah, it's made out of the leftover. So the funny thing is, it's that's kind of like the same thing nowadays. Like people drink Bud Light and Miller Light. That's just like the light lightest of the light beers. <laughs> you know, the low ABV, and they just crush like twenty of them. Yeah. So I mean, you drink and enough. Of them. The, the rich people are going out and buying your double and triple IPAs. <laughs> they're drinking your, the con- cognac. Your they're drinking pastry the, stouts the and all champ- that stuff. The, the crystal champagne, you know, the fancy stuff. It's in their yeah. DNA, man. Right? It's in their genes. Yeah. Shit hasn't changed. Not yeah. even a drop. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, and these guys were producing a, a lot of beer, man. So it was pretty much ten to twelve hectoliters per day, which is pretty much um you know converted to normal speak as uh eight barrels of beer a day or 250 gallons a day a day Holy. A the day. thing is though Shit. you gotta think they're not doing like they're not doing like storing they're like drinking the supply as it comes and the brew the fermenting process probably isn't as long right it's, no it's, yeah. everything's quick right everything's like quick. yeah it's, it's way shorter they, yeah. the, they'll go on to establish like longer fermentation times and yeah. that stuff but in the beginning it's like they're fermenting know, like a couple of days pretty right? much yeah yeah and they're not making it cold either it's like served right out of the tap right Obviously, there's no like fruit for refrigerators. <laughs> so I mean, everything is room temp. No, or, yeah, like, there's no refrigeration. Uh, so that's like, been established they don't have to worry point. about that at that point. They're just like, all right, pour it into this. Now it's yeah. good. Yeah, but I like my Bud Light super cold. I want my Coors Light colds as the Rockies, man. I need my cold activated <laughs> mountains, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I don't think they had that marketing yet. <laughs> 
and and like to brew that much beer day at that time like they there was a bunch of people involved like yeah there had to have been right they had over 40 buildings that were associated with the three breweries and it took hundreds of monks serfs and students from the monastery to attend to the operation damn so they must have been like set up near like dude imagine living in a town just devoted to make booze and all you do is drink all day (laughs) that sounds awesome (laughs) i mean you know they uh, must have had to set up shop near like a big body of water. They're, they're, they're just right. cranking out like yeah, there there had to have been because when I was looking into the process of how all this stuff worked, um, they they did they did everything right. They malted their own grains, which you know involves like um, getting the grains, sprouting it, dry, make drying it? it out, and then they would heat it up to kiln it and malt it. You know, right. crystallize everything. This is they're boiling it at this point. They're boiling it at this point, yeah. So they um um after after the grain is all processed and malted, they would crush it in two large water powered mortars. So oh, yeah. yeah, they they, they had Damn, to been by a river. <clears throat> exactly. Um, water power. And they had brew kettles. Um that pretty much they used their brew kettles as mash tons. So it was like a you know, two in one kind of thing. And um they actually heated them with direct heat. So like a fire. So they yeah they actually built fires to heat up the kettles. They must and have been using a lot of fucking wood. He, <clears throat> yeah, man, definitely a lot of wood. Yeah, yeah. That shit's going twenty four seven. Yeah. How how did they make their giant brew kettles? Just like forging those things like Dude, giant ass barrels. I do, they were probably made out of wood, right? Oh yeah, I guess. I never even thought about that. Like I guess you can just put a barrel and boil water in a wood barrel. Yeah. Mine's but nothing um, right now <laughs> yeah i know so um but they i i mean the technology back then they could have been made out of some kind of stone or something too right i guess I don't but that doesn't really transfer heat i don't know i don't know but uh they they but did if you had a if you had a uh, a barrel held over like hot coals where there's yeah. no direct flame there's enough temperature transference to yeah like heat transference to boil that water i was i was reading it similarly like th- what was interesting about this is that they did use they built fires to heat up their kettles mm-hmm. where at the time what m- some of the more popular methods were actually heating up stones really hot dropping them in and then putting those stones in ah. which into I, the liquid into the liquid yeah okay which is neat cuz i uh, i was recently reading an article in um Zimmergy, the the homebrewing magazine and they had a recipe cuz there's a place i forget where it is i'll have to look this up but there's a place somewhere in the U.S. that still uses that style where they heat up stones really hot. That's sick. And then they put it in to boil the beer, and that's how that's how they boil it. Better get someone to ship us those beers. We could we could do that, or we could they Just, actually they actually had, homebrew it. they had a homebrew recipe for like if you wanted Stone to do it at boiled home. beer. Yeah, yeah, and it gives it a little smoky flavor because of the the way that you you burn it and everything, which is pretty cool. You got to use the right rocks though. Super hot, the, yeah. Don't use the wrong rocks. Don't yeah. use that dragon glass, don't, man. Don't no. use crack rocks, man. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's not going to work. Now, we're talking Middle Ages. We're talking medieval times. I mean, if they can fucking make a suit of armor, yeah, I'm sure they true. can make some steel goddamn kettles. That's true. Yeah. But, like, think how big it is if they were doing steel kettles. But, I mean, they're huge. what? They're making um, 250 gallons a day, so that's not... And that's between three different breweries. Yo, how many people do you think got fucking boiled, like... 
poured hot boiling water on them by fucking around. Oh, that definitely is so many accidents. Yeah, they, they have a little chart on the wall, like days into injury. It's like a Monty, dude. That's like a Monty Python movie. Oh shit! Change it up again. Oh man, just fucking getting boiled alive. Right. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. So, like, I know uh, specifically when I was I was reading about this, the the fermentation vessels were made out of wood. Mm. Okay, some kind of wooden tanks, so similar to the, you know our modern barrels that we're using to ferment things in. Um, and and the the super interesting thing is at this point they still don't know what yeast is. They don't know about microbiology, all that stuff, like how the fermentation is happening. But they were able to find out that. Um, to help like kickstart fermentation of a new batch, what they would do is they would take an already fermenting batch and then take some of that and put it into the new batch. Okay. Because so they were taking like the grog. The, the sediments or. So they did it both ways. They would, e- you would either like take a beer that they just made like yesterday that's already fermenting take and then scoop. take a scoop of that and throw that into the, the batch that you just brewed today to get that fermentation process going it's a good idea and then the other thing that they would do is they would after they finished you know like james said i don't know if they're just taking scoops out of this thing every day or or transferring it into another vessel that you would then drink out of but once the vessel that they were fermenting was empty and you had that sediment behind then they put the fresh batch on that old sediment which Uh, has got all the leftover yeast and everything cool yeah you gotta think too these monks that's their job so while people are going like, att- like tending to the fields and going and going to whatever work they were doing, oh, yeah. these guys, these monks were like protected in a way. They had their own safety. They had like probably a supply. They had people working for them. So most monks back then probably just studied on their free time after work. Mm. So these guys are probably just studying beer as much as they could. Well. No? No, only certain monks were doing that. A lot of time, I mean, the majority of your monks are, I think they spend like eight hours a day fucking praying. Oh, That's damn. a big part of it. And yeah. it's like broken up into like eight different parts of the day. And a lot of it is praying, chanting. So when did the beer making process well, coming so, to their day. So yeah, the monks after pray, <clears throat> the monks beer. were working on the beer, but they weren't the majority of the people that made up the beer, because there was all the serfs that were uh, doing it, and then even like <clears throat> the least amount of people. Like if you had all the people that were making the beer, like it seems like the monks were the smaller percentage of those people that were making right. the beer, but they were probably the guys at the top that are because they're studied and they're more intellectual. They're probably like kind of overseeing a lot of yeah. the process that's happening and, and helping figure that stuff out where there's like the, the, the lower guys that are just like carrying out the physical labor of doing stuff. Or they go pray and they drink their freaking four liters of beer. <laughs> and then by then it's noontime and they're sleeping. I mean, that's very, very possible too. <laughs> Especially because they're resp- the monks get the middle stuff, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're probably drunk. So uh, at this point, um, hops are being cultivated and everything, but they're really not um, widely used in beer. They're starting to be used in beer a little bit. Um, but for the most part, uh, beer is being flavored and bittered with something that's called gruit. Okay. And that's basically just a mixture of herbs that's 
used for what I said, flavoring and bittering. Like allspice or like Italian seasoning. <laughs> it's just yeah. dash. Yeah, it's yes. a mix of herbs and spices. Some of that Old Bay. or yeah. you know. <laughs> Put that McCormick. They had like a, a, a blend of spices to use and they called it Gruet. Yeah, so in Gruet could be any number or mixture of um, different different spices that they had um, or herbs, basically. So it's just a name of a spice blend. Yeah, yeah, okay. and that could be comprised of different types of herbs. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know, there's there's breweries today that make beers that they call Gruets because they don't use hops and they use um, uh, the herbs um, uh-huh. for flavoring instead. Um. Goddamn, man! I'm still kind of blown away by this operation here, like. <laughs> This is fucking crazy. Yeah. And and it just goes on to get more um more complex after that, right? Because they're learning more and people are getting sure. smarter and um as as time goes on, and this is where it like really starts to ramp up. And this is this is really where it gets exciting because this is like the first real beer that's being brewed. Like there's an actual right. process in place now. There's you know hops are starting to get used and that kind of thing. Right. There's agriculture. There's there's everybody has jobs. This is a town working together, working in these breweries to brew these beers on a large scale. Yeah. That's pretty damn exciting, man. And like during this time, there's like. Beer is almost like a nutritional staple at this time, right? Oh yeah. This is like this is like what you would the what is it the br- the liquid bread, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. protein proteins like you would get very little protein in your diet. So mm. this yeah right there wasn't meat like there is meat now. So right. like this is like the calories for your day. So this is like a super popular thing. Like everyone was drinking it, just like in our last episode, like kids were drinking women pregnant women whatever yeah like this is like everyone drank beer yeah not just people over 21 like we said it's definitely not or at least at this time it's not as potent right or or high in alcohol content right it's fucking lawnmower beers yeah yeah if if any if If, if it's even that that, right like that might the lawnmower beers of these days might be their strong beers then right but obviously actually i think i read somewhere that the so there's strong and small beers and there's yeah. a middle beer as well. But the strong beers were shooting at like 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw they were maxing out at like 11%. And the small beers were like under three. Yeah. And then there's a middle range for like um, like the monks and the noblemen and stuff that were like probably mm. what we're used to drinking. Yeah. But those strong beers, it's real similar to like Egyptian. The, the, the They were like celebratory beers in a way. Or um, they weren't... They weren't drank like like four liters a day type thing because then you'd be sloshed. Oh yeah. Plus yeah. those livers aren't um, they're not GMO like our livers are no, these days. No, you know? not at all. They're like the virgin livers, and then their grandkids and their grandkids became us, and yeah. they were like, "Dude, alcohol is alcohol." Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, alcohol is alcohol, James. So um, now we're getting into uh, 1040 AD, and this is uh, where the brewery that beer we're drinking today was started or or so they claim okay what so i I sounds like a conspiracy (laughs) (laughs) yeah you should check out episode 19 (laughs) so um uh stefan abbey gets their brewing license from a city called freising 
I'm not sure on that person's name, but Freising in Germany. And this is uh, uh, in 1040 AD. Now, in 1050 AD, there's a brewery in Weltenburg near Kelheim in Germany that also obtains their license. Now, both of these breweries today claim that they're the oldest continuously operating breweries in the world. And as it says on this Vihan bottle I'm holding, it says the world's oldest brewery, um, which I always thought was true because I saw it on their bottle, right? <clears throat> like Yingling. <laughs> they, well, they're yeah, they're the oldest brewery in America, right. and we'll get into that in the Prohibition episode too, because they have they have some cool cool stories about those guys. Um, and uh, so in, in the 1950s, the uh, Vihan Stefan's founding date was supposedly the year 1146 but at some point during the 1950s uh, <clears throat> there was this document that surfaced that said that the brewery dates back to 1040 AD hmm. and um, people believe that that's a forged document that was created in the oh, 1600s damn which is really weird right like, just to get their name so in the 50s this document surfaces but it's it appears that it the document was forged in the 1600s. Wait, in the what 50s? In the 1950s. What the fuck? Yeah, so up until the 1950s, it was thought that Vihan's um, date was 1146. Right. But then this this document comes up in the fifties. In the fifties, that says it was founded in 1040 AD, or that's when they got their license anyway. But that document but came that from document the sixteen. Came from the sixteen hundreds. It's apparently a forgery. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Shady business practices that's, here, that's man. A, that's a long conspiracy right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a long con right there, man. That is a long. Yeah, which damn. is pretty crazy. So, but apparently, who knows? Yeah, exactly. How close were they in in like? years right like within 10 years they all both came out exactly and they're trying to see who was first yes yeah just so that they can have that claim to fame how right? close were they in uh region like they like the same town they're, they're both in germany in different towns so vihan was in freising and um uh weltenberg was in kelheim so is Weltenberg still around as a brewery? They're still around, yeah. But they, so here's the weird thing about a lot of these breweries that we're going to talk about that were established during this time period is that they, in most cases, they end up being like dissolved or bought by other companies or like in Vihant's case, they were um, the Abbey itself. Vihant Stefan Abbey was dissolved by the German government in 1803. And um, the current brewery is in like in the location where the original Abbey existed, but it's completely owned by the German government. Oh shit! Yeah, but <clears throat> is there any examples of the United States government owning a beer company, owning a business like owning that? Owning a business like a beer business? Or I don't. Something? Not that I'm aware of, but. We will definitely research yeah, that. But yeah. currently, the German government owns the a brewery? Yeah, the German government owns Vihan Stefan. Damn. Yeah. Really? And, and apparently, it operates like much like a modern business in the private sector would. It's not like they're, it's right. like a government, like, you know, weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, like limb of the government agency. It's like if you went to a brewery in America today, it's like it operates like that. But it just so happens to be owned by the German government. So this was... I wonder if you get if you get government uh, benefits working at a brewery like that, <laughs> dude. That's that's a good point. Government that's a good hours, point, right? yeah. So Vihan was dissolved and bought out by the German, the government, German government in the eighteen hundreds, eighteen oh three. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, not bad. Is if if Vihan has been around since ten forty? Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking almost eight hundred years of of business. Yeah, maybe the government was behind the whole thing, trying to get them because they own it. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. They get that marketing, right? Yeah, yeah, stirring up some issues. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it looks so, like Cam's mind is melting his, right his now. Mind, his mind's totally blown. <laughs> no, no. So I'm getting a weird. I think he left his his oven on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a weird about a deja vu right now, man. Yeah, good. Oh, it's making me very uncomfortable. Good. That's one of my favorite things is when people get uh, uncomfortable uncom- about deja vu, especially oh, at your house. We, oh yeah, we talked about this before. I had yeah. a bad case, but we won't talk about it in this episode. So did we also talk about how um, <laughs> currently Vihan produces over 325,000 barrels of beer a year? That's a lot. That's a lot of beer. Yeah, they're a big brewery now. And they obviously weren't producing that much beer in, uh, you know, Damn. 100 there. Do you have a, a comparison to, like, say... Anheuser Busch. Oh, dude! Anheuser Busch, though, in Bev or something. Well, well, yeah, we'll get into that in a later episode because those okay. n- those number numbers will just like blow your mind. Well, we'll save that for. So it's not. It's way more than three hundred twenty-five thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, and in most of the stuff that um, uh, Vihan Stefan brews is uh, different variants of like Hefeweiss beer, Helles beer, Pilsner, Dunkel, Keller beer, all all like traditional German styles. Right. Yeah. Um. So we're let's we're, go back in time. Nope. We're okay. Well, we're, we're moving. We're we're already back in time. We're gonna move forward in time from where we were back in time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump like about a hundred a hundred years in the future from that past that we were in. So we're, we're what in like, century are we in? We're in eleven fifty A.D. right now. Wow. So that's like twelfth century, right? So we're going to talk about some hops right now. Hops. Hops, yeah. So there was this lady, Hildegard of Bingen, also known as St. Hildegard, and she was a German writer, philosopher, composer, etc., who um, is considered to be the founder of scientific natural history in Germany. And at the time, she wrote this thing called the Physica Sacra, which contains the first mentions of hops being used as a preservative. And I have a very fun quote about hops from her. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing this. From that book. So we've got, The hop plant is a warm and dry and has moderate moisture and is not very useful in benefiting man because it makes melancholy grow in a man and makes the soul of a man sad and weighs down his inner organs. (laughs) But yet, as a result of its own bitterness, it keeps some putrefactions from drinks. To which it may be added, so that they may ma- last so much longer. Damn. <laughs> so it's basically saying it's bad for you, but it makes bad drinks taste good, or store good. It helps good. preserve bad drinks. Yes, yeah. But... <laughs> that weigh down your organs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which organ is she talking about? And it makes the soul of a man sad. <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect description of, you know, uh, a drunkard, you know. Well, just think yeah. of what, just think of the times they lived in 
and now they get drunk and emotional. It's like, I just watched my brother get eaten by a pack of wolves last night, and my kid died of the bubonic plague. <laughs> I like, mean, obviously, you're going to be sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, that. they don't get to drink and be happy like we do. They get to drink and, and show their emotions and be sad. <laughs> so this is, a, this is the Middle Ages, so there's a lot of torture. Torture, fucking terrible diseases, like this is the black plague right or whatever the bubonic plague this is when that shit was going down this is when the church was like torturing people for no reason this is the dark ages man well i think we're yeah well (sighs) even even if she's talking about current times there's still terrible shit going on yeah terrible to make people sad terrible stuff's always going on right makes a man sad. so in in the middle ages yeah okay so the the average lifespan of of males born in land holding families so you know wealthy you're, rich, yeah, you're wealthier yeah. fucks yeah. you're not a, you're not a king or whatever but you've got land yeah, yeah. you're not a peasant like literally the, the bring life out your... expectancy in england was 31 years old holy shit i'd almost be dead right now i i'm toast yeah. i'm on the ground yeah. We're, yeah we're gone that's it Although, let's be honest, I probably would die in some cool, like, torture device or maybe a guillotine. You'd be saying you're safe word. Gu- guillotine was in France. What's that beer called? No, I know that's in France, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know. What's that beer called again? What beer? The beer we're drinking. Vihan Stefan? Yeah, Justin would be like, Vihan Stefan <laughs> on his, like, his safety word, word yeah, but yeah. he'd be stretching him out so much. Vihan <laughs> <laughs> Stefan! Like, four horses ripping your legs off and your arms. I mean, I wouldn't mind being drawn a little bit. Just... I was kind of stretched out yeah. a little oh, bit. Yeah, you gotta get a good stretch on. Man. I want I want a noose around my neck, but only for like of one foot, just to stretch my spine out, and then it bounces me back up. That'd be nice. So the, we, I mean, the Dark Ages Wait. are the Middle Ages. Yeah, you got to think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if your life expectancy is thirty-one, and you're like eighteen to twenty, you're probably are pretty sad drinking beer. You're like, no, fuck! I got like five more years left. I haven't done anything with my life. I don't. I don't think they thought like that back then, man. I think they were just worried about surviving. No, I know. Yes, basically. That's a, I'm really surprised. Like it's you, that low. you worked all day. You were probably like, I don't know, just tired from working. You get home and you, know. you got to think like, there's so much land unexplored at that time. You think you just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out of here. And then you just grab a horse and you just start drop. You ride till that horse dies. And then you just like, all right, this is where I'm going to live now. I'm going to just like live out in the woods in a cave. You'll probably live to like 50. Just I mean, being a frontiersman. But I mean, you weren't. I mean, think about these. Think about the, the common person. Mm. There's no education there. They're pretty dumb. How do you know how to survive in the wild? Right. They were still probably better than the average person today. Oh, though, absolutely. Right? Oh, for yeah. sure. Just yeah. survive yeah. outside. Yeah, they know how to start a fire pretty quick. Yeah. They know like maybe how to trap a rabbit or catch a rabbit yeah. and maybe grow some like I don't know carrots. What the fuck? They, they might know how to brew beer. <laughs> I mean, that's a handy skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Was, but, her- was heroin around then? I don't uh, oh. no yet, no yet. I mean, Silk Road, all that, all the <laughs> trades and stuff. I mean, Actually, like, it would explain the thirty-one uh, average lifespan. Mm. There, there was some talks. I was kind of looking into when the bubonic plague kind of started. Yeah, and what triggered it? Okay, and it was um, there. There is some some ancient scholars mm. are suspecting it came from rats who were infected with this bacteria. 
um, and sort of hopped along like wagons and backpacks of people who were traveling along the Silk Road. Okay. Coming from Asia into Europe. Interesting. Yes. Wait, but wasn't it? Was isn't the common theory of the bubonic plague was there was so much nasty filth. And then the fleas got it. The fleas were on the the rats, and the, then the fleas ended up going onto the humans and spreading the bubonic plague. Yes. Okay. And what theory are you talking about? That it was fleas actually fleas infecting rats who hopped along, caught rides on the silk trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through Asia. Yes. That makes sense. All the I'm not gonna. This isn't racist, but all the all the bad <laughs> Anything things that's ever racist is there's a. I don't think this is racist, initial... but all the bad all the bad things, like bug wise, that ravage like United States come from like the Asian a, longhorn a, beetle. Asian longhorn beetle. Say, yeah, he's going ALB. Here. Yeah, ALB. No, but like not even like Asian this Asian that, but like they don't have to be called Asian. But like a lot of these bugs, come Asia from, is a large continent, right? It's from yes, the Asian it's not area. Just China. It's Russia. It's the Middle East. It's, right. Yeah, and they come from exports. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because or, we get everything imports, from over there. Imports or their exports or yeah. our imports, whatever. But yeah, so that that's a good theory. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Um, well, that's why. <laughs> that's why people are sad when they drink. That's, yeah. That's for the poet that ties it all back in. All right. All right. So I've got a couple of fun facts here about uh, this general time period. So um, uh, there was this abbey, uh, Lef Abbey or Leffy Abbey that was founded in Belgium and started a brewery in 1240 AD, which produced the first Abbey beer, which is, oh yeah, which is a style of beer that is still brewed to this day. And, um, does Jack make any of those Jack's Abbey? <laughs> that's actually, um, that's named after his wife, I believe, ah. but it's also playing into the whole Abbey beer thing at the same time. Um, which I didn't know that either until very recently, but I will fact check that. <laughs> so Abby, quality control, yeah, ab, uh, yes, I will quality control that. Um, so Abbey beer um, is basically just beer that was produced by a mon- like a monastery or with in relation to a monastery. Okay. So um, it can be produced. So we'll get into this in the next episode because at this time Trappist breweries weren't around and the whole like trap a seal of approval doesn't come until like the nine 1990s, which is crazy. Yeah. But, um, essentially an Abbey beer is uh, produced by a non Trappist monastery or produced by a commercial brewery under commercial arrangement with an existing monastery, or it's branded with the name of a defunct Abbey by a commercial brewer. So that's like modern definition of like okay. an Abbey beer, yeah. but essentially an Abbey beer was like, a beer that um you know first brewed this uh, uh belgian abbey that first brewed this style okay essentially um and i thought that was kind of interesting you know because some of the first beers that i got into drinking were like abbey beers you know through you know some of the different trappist breweries and sure. like omegang brewery um very very tasty beers oh man an abbey double yeah. oh boy i actually switched to and i'm drinking one of those right now are you really yeah because oh, oh, i figured man. since we're talking about abbeys uh, i might as well bust this one out yeah abbey abbey ale from oma gang is a good one if you can get your hands on that oh. 
We got an Oma gang in the cooler, right? Yeah, yeah. Three philosophers, man. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Shout out to the philosophy episode. Yeah. Mm. Go check that one out. Indeed, it's a good episode. So, um, continuing on with more fun facts about beer history, um, I've got, so in France, in 1268 AD, there was this guy, King Louis the Ninth. King Louis. Yeah, and he issued some laws about beer brewing at that time. And I've got a couple of those, if you'd like to hear them. Preach, Seth, preach. <laughs> so, <laughs> these are also kind of weird, and it's so fun to hear them in context of today. <laughs> but, uh, no uh, brewer shall keep in or about his brew house any cows, oxen, hogs, geese, ducks, or poultry as being inconsistent with cleanliness. Well, that makes sense, man. Good. <laughs> you want a bunch of pigs running around your brew house? No, definitely not. Definitely not. should say the next one in more of a hee 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 hee. Yeah, I don't know what a French accent from 1268 sounds oh, like. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, no pigs. The baguettes and the escargot. <laughs> now, this one is really weird, but uh, a widow may employ servants in brewing but may not take an apprentice. It's, I think that's more of a sexual thing. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, it's a more sexual thing. Wait, what are you, you're a widow, you know? You can have servants, but you want you don't want no uh, right-hand man okay. sitting by your side when your dead husband's in the grave. <laughs> you're a widow for a reason. <laughs> what, the plague? The plague. The fleas did it. Probably. Probably, yeah. But that's all I got for that's I mean at least for that time period anyway. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, we're we're still going we're we're still going through time here, and we're gonna jump another hundred years. So now we're in the 1350s. Can I go back to the 11th century real quick? Oh, dude, you totally can. So I I I found this. I came across this. This was interesting yeah. to me. In the 11th century, um, in writings from a doctor who was practicing in Constantinople. Mm -hmm. He was making mention of of how when if you drink wine in excess, it can cause inflammation of the liver, which I think is pretty fascinating because that's like the first kind of like documentation of cirrhosis. It's got to be, right? You know? Because up until that time, they... Like, they didn't know that drinking beer was bad for you, right? Hell no, they didn't know that. It was like, um, you know, like cigarettes. Like, it took us forever to figure out those <laughs> right. were bad for us. Doctors used to prescribe them, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, no, that was it. I just thought that was pretty neat. Um, you know, it's always cool to find the traces of the origin of cirrhosis. It still blows my mind that, like, back in the day, people were able to, like, figure out these weird things without like having our modern tools and technology and science yeah, like, fucking ct scans or dude yeah everything was trial and error just like the fact that they were able to figure out this whole yeast thing and fermentations and they didn't even know anything about microbiology yeah well this coming i've i've watched this one dude on youtube who always talks about like the night's life life yeah. with within a night and how he lived and all this so this kind of ties in with middle ages but nights with kings and queens and jousting and all yeah. this dude they had their own like nutritionist in a way and this dude would drink <laughs> the knight's piss every morning and make sure like 
he was okay. And then based on his piss, oh, this is what you're going to eat today. This, Oh, you need some water. I can taste it. <laughs> but one of the things was was the sweetness. Yeah. And it was called the sweet disease. And basically they, they would taste his pee. And if it was too sweet, they would make sure he didn't get that much sugar and that was diabetes yeah yeah because you you get glucose dumped into your urine exactly. with diabetes crazy yeah. so i mean they're figuring weird shit out like early on yeah without hydrometers to test the specific gravity of your <laughs> yeah. urine yeah you know? no just using the straight up tongue baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's sweet hey let me let me straight from the hose <laughs> you think oh, he peed in a cup and then he's or is it just like come here god did, 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 oh, did he god. swallow it did he spit it back I out i hope he spit right. it out he spit it out unless you had like a real savage nutritionist well you need to get that on the back of the tongue yeah. too you know if you know you what's the hit. aftertaste <laughs> what, what notes are you picking up there doc so i mean so l- like during this time you're you're starting to see the first beer styles that are produced to this day like um one of those styles that i found was the bach right mm. it's a lager it's a strong like darker lager and there's like there's a few different types of box that that like a double bach or yeah yeah my box ice bach yeah exactly there's all these these different box that are being produced there so, so what is a bach what are the origins of it or no, no, what no, is no. It like, like so what is that style oh Oh, it's a lager. It's a lager. Yeah, it, okay. it, it's, it falls into the lager family, but um, it, fir- it came out of Germany originally, and it's got kind of an interesting story behind it. And I'd heard this a while ago, but I, I kind of forgot about it a little bit, so I had to look it back up. And I actually mentioned this, um, I believe, in the first history of beer episode. We were talking about goats and how they're related to box. I should have listened back to that episode. I don't remember this. But I'm pretty sure I brought this up at one point. So I wanted to follow up with the history of what a Bach is now that we got to the point where they're actually being made. So um, it was first brewed in Einbeck, Germany. And it was later adopted by brewers in Munich, Germany. But due to their Bavarian accents, um, they pronounced Einbeck as Einbach, which translates to Billy Goat. Ah. Okay. So that's why in most like modern branding of box or in a lot of them, you'll see that they have pictures of goats or a lot of them are like... Um, so it's like a joke on their accent. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so now nowadays... Shut it down. I'm not socially accepting that. <laughs> now, like a, a really good example, I mean, a classic example of a really good um, uh, Doppelbach is... <laughs> yes I, i'm like this is blowing my it's mind right here mind holy crap right now yeah. it's the celebrator yeah celebrator with that fucking little like the ornament little, the little goat ornament that they put on oh all of them. man yeah. okay it's yeah that, that's what it goes back to and and you'll you'll see in a lot of like craft breweries or modern breweries too they'll um they'll have a goats on a picture of a goat or or some kind of the branding or the name of it will, will on, a involve, okay. on a bach will involve a goat so that's basically them making fun of uh, what 
What? Who? Who are? So it was originally brewed in Einbeck. Okay. And then when the Munich brewers um, started a- adopting that style, they were calling it Einbach. They were calling it Einbach, and they were messing up the name of that original Einbach town. Damn. So they that Einbach translates to Billy Goat. So that's and then it, they must have been. Is so, it? Is it like a uh, someone in the southern United States trying to pronounce? An ex, a Boston accent, probably something like that. Okay, it's, right. I, 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 at least that's the way that it comes across to me. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. And then a word gets skewed along that that translation of accents. Sure. And then you know that's where you come up with you know goats. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Man, that's crazy. I know. I do. I, I actually think I'm going to brew my first Doppelbach this next. Uh, Within the next couple of months, actually. I can relate to that in a way. When I was down in Texas, it was hot, and I was, like, playing baseball down there, and I was like, man, it's wicked hot outside. And one of the guys was like, are you saying it's wicked hard outside? <laughs> he thought I was saying hard instead of hot. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, it's hot. He's like, are you saying it's oh, hard? Oh, I thought he would comment on the wicked part. No, I was like, it's wicked hot. Yeah, Because exactly. that's like a New England thing. And I don't thing. even have an accent. And he's like, I was like, it's wicked hot out. And he's like, are you saying it's wicked hard out? And I was like, damn. Um, Seth. Yeah. What makes a doppelbach? What makes a Doppelbach? Yes, it's a uh, it's, it's one of the stronger Bach beers. Um, Does it have to do with like the grain bill mostly? Yeah, it, 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 some caramel malt. I mean, mo- a modern Doppelbach is like, yeah, you've got a little bit of caramel malt in there. Obviously, it uses a certain type of lager yeast and everything, and then you lager it for you know cold store it for a while so that it smooths out. So it's like got like a little bit of perceived sweetness and and stuff and but it comes over pretty smooth because it's been lagered usually doppelbox like for an eight percent or whatever they, they can be pretty easy drinking like, okay do you have to use like like specific like german grains or something i mean with any of these styles nowadays like there's some people that say oh yeah if you're doing this you have to use that yeah there's like okay so if i'm brewing a german beer i want to use all grains that were produced in germany and then use like a yeast strain that's like associated with being from that type of um that region or some of those regions but you can if you're if you know what your different ingredients do you could easily use some uh some you know belgian ingredients or some uh u.s ingredients and kind of tweak them to know what their um you know what those different components do in your recipe okay yeah so i haven't come up with my recipe yet but i will be doing that soon and we can talk about that at some point yeah yeah what else you got so where are we? What, so, what time are we in? <laughs> where are we? So we were we were in um, the 1350s. So now we're gonna move. We're gonna move a little bit, a little little bit later. But around this time is when hopped beer begins to be imported to England from the Netherlands. And initially, when you know the English folks start to drink the beer that has hops in it, they're not a big fan because hops are bitter. Yeah. So you got to imagine, like back in the day, when you're first tasting I was a hop say, beer, sounds like high school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, right? Yeah, for no, real. no. This is the analogy that I was going to go to. Think about like <laughs> when you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which, <laughs> if you were involved in drinking then. Yes, if you were drinking beers in high school, or even when you were first 21 and yeah. you've never drank a beer before, okay? Or, or, or your only experience with beers have been light lagers. And I would, I would start to imagine that now, recently, within the past five years or so that might not be the case this might not necessarily be the case because of all the craft breweries that are popping up that are producing hoppy beers and just hoppy beers in general being like IPAs so, being so prevalent normal. in the market yeah but back before ipas were really prevalent in the market everybody's experiences were with light um lagers yeah light lagers exactly which have very minimal hot bitterness to them so then when you try an ipa when you try a sierra pale ale which is not a very hoppy beer yeah you're like what the Ooh. hell is it <laughs> yeah right like or a sat a sam adams or something you're like oh, oh yeah 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 back in the day you'd try some sam ipa or something and i used to feel like the sierra pale ale was like you're the man if you're drinking that <clears throat> intent like hard to get <laughs> yeah. through a, a like one beer right, right now it's like oh these are crushed water you know yeah, yeah and there was this whole thing that happened that we'll we'll definitely talk about when we get to modern beer times where there was this like crazy battle of how many IBUs can you fit in an the IPA. IBU scale? Yeah, and there's a threshold, right? Like that your taste buds can sort of. There's apparently some kind of lupulin threshold where you're that it hits where yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. If, if you get over a certain amount of hops in a beer, that bitterness isn't going to matter. I don't want to try that beer. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's all sorts of people that try and break the records and stuff, yeah. but like. If you really want to know what that tastes like, just get some like hop resin and just, and, and just take a little <laughs> take a little dab of that, and, and you'll be all set. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. so, so they started so importing it, right? The British didn't; they weren't keen to the 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 bitter, yeah, the, the hoppy. Exactly. Not in not initially anyways but then obviously once you start drinking them and you get used to them now, like. It's weird. Like anytime your palate you changes, yeah, your palate changes, and anytime you try something new, you might be a little adverse to it because it's you've, you you're not familiar with it. You know, it's like you, you said before, and, and I think it was in episode one where yeah. you, there's no reference point. Yes, exactly. You have no idea. This is all new sensations, yes. so there's nothing to tie it to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But eventually, what happens is, um, so the the first the first hoppy beers are being imported because there's no hops in england so in the 1420s that's when hops first started to be planted in england and until this time obviously all the hop beers that you were getting couldn't be made the the only hoppy beers that were made in england um were used were using imported hops and um from what i could find the first hoppy beer made in england was by a german woman in uh colchester in 1412 damn yeah and then but at that time they hadn't had any native hops in england it wasn't until a few years later where now hops are being planted in england and today that's still a place where hops are grown and you can get them you know in the american markets do you and, know any of them any of the english hops i off the top of my not head to, not to put you on the spot there yeah no i mean um off the top of my head right now i am oh yeah like fuggles and yeah there you uh, go Kent Golding. Yep, okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like wait a minute why don't i can't think of yeah but um they're not traditionally used in hoppy beers in america so uh english hops are usually like in, involved in like um 
uh, you know, bitter. Is it more of like a subtle flavor? It's like meant to be very kind of just like. Yeah, yeah. Th- those English hops, at least the. Um, I don't know if they're. Because like Germany, Germany were similar. Back in the day, the hops coming out of Germany um, were also like subtler, spicier, herbal, yeah. like not as high in bitterness um, as the current American and Australian hops are. Sure. So. <clears throat> Um, that wasn't, uh, they, they, they're not like as citrusy or fruity or gotcha. like, you know, the, the hip new beers are all using. Yeah, the, yeah that exactly. Mosaic, that tropical, you Give know, that fruit juice, blueberry fruit juice stuff. Um, yeah. So hot, you got hops there in Germany. Now you got hops in England and you know, we get later and later in time. Guess what? We're gonna about we're about to go to America, baby. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, Columbus, right? So, um, I've got I've got a few bits before we wrap this one up, but we're 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 pretty close. We're getting towards Take the end. Take it away. Um, so during this time, like I was saying before, is when a lot of breweries were established that still exist to this day. And I just got a couple of the notable ones. Okay. Um, one of them being Ho Garden. Which was a what, the first brewery to produ- produce white beer or whip the beer? Wit? Yeah, the whip oh, beer. Okay, yeah, all yeah. right. So that's obviously a wheat beer that's flavored with coriander and orange peel. And there's modern examples of that that are made by other popular breweries. <coughs> Blue Moon, <coughs> Blue Moon, and, and your shock tops and, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. that that kind of stuff. Yeah, but Ho Garden was the, the original place in Belgium which produced that beer. Um, few, uh, and a few others that were in Germany were Odinger, which was established in 1333. Then you've got the Den Horn Brewery in 1366, which eventually changed its name to Artois Brewery. One of one of the head brewers named it after himself. Like Stella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those guys, um, yeah, those guys started in 1366, changed their name to Artois in 1717. And then made Stella in 1926. Okay, and now they're owned by a bigger conglomeration, <laughs> of course. Which is which is what we'll see, we'll explore all that stuff where like this weird like buying of old breweries and conglomerating and making like when big beer starts to rise, dude. That's fucked. Yeah, because that, that, that makes me uncomfortable, man. Like a, a lot of these breweries that like we're talking about and that we will talk about in the next op- episode are just going to basically be absorbed and conglomerated. Have like 700 and, years of lineage just yeah, consumed yeah. <laughs> by modern day. Big business and the machine oh, and all that stuff. Fuck, yeah. man. That makes me... A- oh. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, another one is Lowenbrau Brewery. They were from Munich in 1383 and Spaten Brewery also from Munich in 1397 and those guys like um, they they make beer that you can get in America today you know and they produce a, a decent amount of beer and when you usually think of like these traditional German beers you hear of these big German brands right like Spaten and Lohenbrau and, and and the like but um, I mean that, that for this time period I, I think it's pretty rad that like I can go to the store right now and buy like a six pack of Hohen Garden. Yeah. And just drink a beer that has traces back to the fucking Middle Ages, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's insane. That's, that's so that, pretty cool, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's where like 
we're like really starting to get into exciting times of beer and it's just going to progressively ramp up over these next history of beer episodes. Yeah. You know, we're from new England and that is like the staple of American history. We're kind of like the oldest areas. Oh yeah. But like, we're nothing compared to Europe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? History of America is like, is a baby a compared fucking, to, yeah. yeah. So to think about like the oldest American company is nothing compared to normal companies out in Europe that are like, oh yeah, we've been around for like 300 years, man. Yeah, It's like, what? We haven't been alive for 300 years. America. I mean, if, what? So if Vihan was the original brewery. Yeah. This 1040. was a- 1040. 1040. So this was a fucking millennia ago. Yeah. This was a goddamn a thousand, thousand years yeah, ago. Exactly. <laughs> God damn. Crazy. How crazy is that, man? Yeah, we started coming like a thousand years ago. <laughs> no, literally like a thousand years ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You can't even fathom that, man. That's no. like, that's. Just imagine like their archives. If someone's like, oh, just like saving something small from then. Like that's worth like a million dollars. It's like, oh yeah, this is like a thousand year old spoon. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this is like the first spoon that we were slopping out bits from the first batch into the second batch. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, so I mean, next episode we're, we're going to start getting into um, Reinheitsgebot, which is the German beer purity laws. Yes, it's like three ingredients, right? Yeah, Four? I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. We'll, 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 we'll detail all that stuff. Okay. Um, we'll talk more about brewing in England, the first breweries in America, oh, first draft beer systems, and then also during this time, there's a bunch more styles that are being developed, a bunch more breweries that are still in existence today, or at least their brands anyway. Are we also going to talk about Trappists? So, um, or, or did we already kind of bleed in a little bit? Yeah, the thing with Trappist breweries is that um, some of them will start to be um, in the next time period. Uh, Trappists themselves, Trappist monks, that yes. whole thing—that's established during that time period. But the breweries that will exist at those Trappist locations don't start to come in until the 1800s which is interesting because i thought that they were way older than that i thought that i before i started doing this research i thought that trappist breweries went back to these first times where there were abbeys and all that stuff but um yeah we'll we'll definitely get into more of the the histories of trappist breweries and uh, yeah those fuckers make my preserves man yeah, 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 exactly (laughs) my fucking toast yep Yep. jams and jellies oh yeah. yeah Yeah, so um, that that that's pretty much all I got, guys. Uh, you have any other fun facts or? God, you fucking that's all you, baby. Yeah. I don't know. You summed it up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, cool. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, thank thanks for listening, guys, and uh, good drink of beer. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're about to drink a lot more. <laughs> See you later. All right, later.
right. Oh boy. Baby. You guys we made ready? it safely back, right? We're back in alive and well in the year twenty nineteen. Yes. We are back in the present time of our base universe. Yes. Yeah. Getting drunk with the medievals. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you guys get some sweet QC action for QCs. us today. QCs. Sure. 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 Sure don't. Sure don't. Okay. I actually don't have that much uh, for this one. I think we did all right. Yeah. I think we did all right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the few small things that I do have was we were talking about boiling. Like, when did humans start boiling things? Yeah. yeah. I think we might have even mentioned this in, in another episode as well. And from what I could find, we know or we're pretty sure that humans started boiling water, at least for safety, but mostly for taste, back in the day around uh, 2000 BC. But they didn't know why they were doing it necessarily. Okay. Um, they just knew that if they were drinking swamp, swamp water, that that would like hurt <laughs> right. them. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so they started to boil that stuff, and because microorganisms, it, you know, those weren't really discovered until around a hundred or so years ago. Is that Louis Pasteur? Yeah. So we'll get into that when we get to that <laughs> yeah. point. But yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we're still boiling things to this day for those reasons. Indeed. And so I would imagine that was part of the, the beer process or whatever. They, they probably realized that at some point their beer wasn't coming out as good sure. when they didn't boil it after, you know, that whole process. Okay. So um, the next thing I've got is also to do with like the beer making process and I was talking about that hot stone thing where they heat up the stone really hot and then they put it in yeah. uh, to, to get it to get it boiling. The place that I was referring to that I could not remember during the episode is Bosco's Restaurant and Brewing. Mm. And they are in Memphis, Tennessee. So they started doing that hot stone thing. They claim to be the first brewery in America to, to do that technique. And they started doing that in like 1993. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. So that kind of beer is called Stein beer, and that just translates to stone beer. Okay. And um, basically what they do, and this is straight from Bosco's website, they take red hot pieces of pink Colorado granite, heat it to 700 degrees in a wood fire oven, and then they lower it into the wart to basically start the, the boiling process. Jesus, 700 degrees, huh? Yeah. It's almost instantly boil, right? How many stones do they use? <clears throat> I, I, I just saw pieces of stone. I didn't know like how many they do at right, a time yeah. or whatever, hmm. but I imagine that depends on the size and, what was and the, the size of the How many stones stuff. was the stone? Oh, my God, guys. Can <laughs> <laughs> you see the QC, man? Oh, yeah, no, all these, these weird, like, old, like, uh, empirical measurements or whatever. Right. Like, you want to know, figure it out yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing we talked about was how in Germany they own the the Weihan Stefaner Brewery, like the state. It's a state-owned yeah, yeah, brewery. Yeah. yeah. And we questioned if there is any state-owned breweries in the right, United States. I forgot about that. And I couldn't find any evidence of there being any state-owned breweries in the United States. Dang. Yeah. So that would have been interesting if yeah. I did find that, but I uh, couldn't find anything. Actually, I don't think that there's many businesses like that that are owned by the u.s government 
from what I could find, most of the businesses that the U.S. government owns have more to do with like, you know, selling guns, working people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Banks and and, and weird, weird other stuff that's not Don't go too deep. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I went a little deep and then I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That's for the conspiracy theory episode. We're not going down that path. Seriously. Um, We also talked about the Black Death or the bubonic plague. Yes. And I just wanted to clear up what time period that was in history. And that actually did coincide with the time period that we were talking about, um, or at least a small part of that time. Um, the Black Death, or the Great Plague, or the Black pa- Black Plague, um, which was one of the most deadly pandemics in the history of Earth, happened from 1347 to 1351. Mm. And that killed an estimated 75 to 200 million people in Europe Holy and Asia. Holy shit. That's a shitload of people. Yeah. yeah. In four years. Damn. Yeah. So that, that's pretty crazy. Um, and the bubonic plague is a part of that plague. There's, I started going down that rabbit hole too. Mm. And there's like more, it gets more in depth, but I didn't want this to be a whole yeah. episode. We could do a whole episode on that if we really wanted we to. We should, because I have questions right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In uh, the last... The, the last little bit I have here is uh, I just wanted to make sure, uh, as I mentioned in the episode, that Jack's Abbey Brewery in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts, their name is indeed named after um, uh, Jack Hendler, who is one of the co-founders and head brewer there. Um, it's named after his wife, but it's also a reference to uh, monastic brewing and you know the whole abby thing yeah um but it is spelt like his wife's name a b b y not like the abby as in a b b e y um those guys were big fans of you know the monastic brewing traditions of germany so they kind of did like a double play on on words there with with the name but uh, nonetheless very good brewery it makes good lager beer tasty beer yep and i would suggest uh, checking those guys out Indeed. Yeah. Is that all you got? That is all I have, gentlemen. Oh, my God. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Sausage candles.